On today's episode, we revisit Thursday night football between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. The NBA renames the MVP award and have Philadelphia Eagles players recorded their greatest accomplishment yet? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, and with me is Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, biology hits the NHL with a reality body check, and we give our picks for NFL Sunday Week 15. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. We are down one individual. Kevin's uh, decided to sit this one out, right? Isn't that right, Chris? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we're very happy that you guys are with us here today. Uh, got he's a lot sidelined. of he is sidelined. He's he's self <laughs> self sidelined. Subbed himself out. <laughs> That's right. Uh, got a lot to talk about in this show. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, NHL uh, sponsors uh, a trans tournament and things went a, a little bit of awry with that. Um, the NBA they decided to rebrand the MVP award. We'll tell you all about that as well. Uh, uh, some Eagles players are, are 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 spreading holiday cheer by. By singing loud enough for all to hear, and uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had been taking advantage of a a uh, loophole in the rules, and uh, that that's no longer the, the the NFL has squashed that. So so we'll talk about that uh, for sure, and of course we'll give you our picks and predictions for NFL Week 15. Uh, but uh, first, uh, let's do a little recap of Thursday night football last night between the 49ers. And the Seattle Seahawks. That game was up in Seattle, which uh, you know the Seahawks they're they're uh, they're not having a very good time uh, playing at home uh, lately. That's that's for sure. Uh, the 49ers, they, uh, they they beat the Seahawks 21-13, um, sealing the deal, making it official that the 49ers are the best in the NFC West and have clinched their spot um, uh, as far as the playoffs are concerned. Um, you know, th- this uh, was was just a wonderful showing by uh, rookie quarterback Brock Purdy. Looking pre- pretty purdy, looking purdy purdy up Not there. Purdy. Uh, man, he did look good. I must admit, I was definitely impressed. We were we were kind of last week or last show rather uh, uh, talking about the possibility of him maybe you know having a reality check against his uh, uh, in the wake of his 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 wonderful performance last uh, Sunday. Um, but uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, Purdy kept on uh, chugging along, um, and uh, he's he's definitely the 49ers look viable. They look they look legit. It's it's crazy because they look like they did not lose a step um, in the wake of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being uh, injured and out for the re- for the remainder of the season. Uh, if anything, you could say that they 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 still look better. Like they look they look the the worst they looked. It was when they were starting their you know prize possession uh, 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 quarterback um, uh, uh, Trey Lance, 
right? Um, who who they they uh, drafted? I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. But point is, is that it was supposed to be his, you know, the big uh, his turn, right? Um, and, and the best thing that happened was was Trey Lance actually getting injured and Jimmy G stepping in. Um, and now it seems like the even better thing <laughs> happening for the 49ers is with Jimmy G getting injured and Brock Purdy stepping in. Um, what did you make of Brock Purdy's performance and, and what is, what does this mean in regards to the 49ers moving forward, their outlook for not only the remainder of the season, of course, they're happy about that clinching the, their, their playoff spot, but, uh, going into the postseason, um, are they still that, uh, uh, Super Bowl threat that, uh, we, we've been talking about them being. Yeah, they're absolutely a Super Bowl threat. <laughs> it's very funny that, with their QB one out there, they didn't look all that great. And then their QB two, they they looked really good. And now QB three, they might even look like they're a, a Super Bowl favorite here. That's right. I mean, what's going on? Is this like a, an indictment on the quarterback position in the NFL? Is the quarterback position overrated? Hey, I mean, it's should a possibility, uh, right? Should teams? I mean, we've seen it with you know, Ogino Smith this year have a That's great right. year. And uh, I mean, if you can build your team with with some offensive weapons as far as having a really good line, a good running back, some good skill players. And then if you throw in an elite defense on top of it, all you need your quarterback to do is just hand the ball off, throw to the open guy, not turn the ball over, and you're going to win the majority of your games. So we got kind of that type of team forming here with the 49ers. And then you got other teams that are completely top heavy where you've got an amazing quarterback, but then you don't have the money for defense, you don't have money for skill position, you don't have money for a line. Right, uh, Rams, we're looking at you. Exactly, and you know it, when it when it's all there, you know, maybe you can get one year um, to where you can get a Super Bowl. But after that, man, it's just back to the dump. So I don't know. Maybe they got a formula over there that maybe other teams are gonna maybe start following. But maybe it's just Purdy is that good, and we don't know it yet because he's still a rookie. And Garoppolo is experienced. He's he's kind of been there before. He's a solid player, but Purdy's looking like he's adding an extra little bit of an element of some some mobility. Uh, so yeah, the 49ers, uh, you know, again as a Rams fan, I hate to see it, but they're looking really damn good. Yeah, and uh, I'm putting them right there with the Eagles. Um, I, I might still give the Eagles an edge at this point, but. Yeah, it's it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, it really is, and and I think that I agree with you. And I think the edge that I'd be giving the Eagles is really more or less my lack of confidence in Brock Purdy, though right. he's had these two amazing performances so far. You know, I, I I'm not gonna I'm still gonna hesitate to jump completely on the bandwagon here, but but man, they they did not lose a step. And to your point, like I really do feel like this is this is the way going forward for a lot of these franchises, why they invest so much financially into a quarterback when they should be building the foundation, the structure of the offense that's required in order for that quarterback to produce. Because frankly, with that O-line, with with the uh, the various weapons that you have uh, in, in the backfield and, and, you, and your outs, you know, like that the 49ers have, like you, you could probably put damn near anybody there and, right. and they're going to excel and they're going to look great. Right. And then of course, you know, coaching Kyle Shanahan's coaching, like in play calling yeah. and all that, that that's, that's key as well. So they, 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 they've got that the complete package now. 
Um, and and that just uplifts and, and it just shows you that you you could be, uh, you know, a rookie, Mr. Uh, uh, irrelevant uh, and step in and be completely relevant, you know, and, yeah. and an overnight <laughs> sensation. Right. As far as the NFL is concerned. Um, I mean, to have him step in, you know, throw for 217 yards, uh, two touchdown passes and no interception. Um, and then, like yep. you were saying, across the aisle with Pete Carroll, good system again, and a, and a Geno Smith a, able to to step in in the wake of a you know Russell Wilson. Oh my God, we lost Russell Wilson. It's the end for us, right? We all thought they were going to be the doormat of the West, and that's not the case. Both of these teams um, who have the the lowest paid quarterbacks. Uh, in the NFC West are uh, the top two teams and the ones yep. that have the quarterbacks that they ever, you know, they shelled the money for and got the big contracts for are, are the doormats. <laughs> you <know? Yeah>. So <laughs> if that's not a wake up to the league in regards to what to prioritize in the future, I don't know what is. Um, and, and yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, it's like what we saw when McVay came, you know, they had Jared Goff who they, they did draft number one overall, but he was still on a rookie contract. Right. They weren't paying him big money. Right. So they could afford the line. They could afford a pretty solid defense. They they had skilled players. Todd Gurley was was doing really well. I think Gurley might have even been on a rookie contract still as well. So you got money for all these other guys. You can build a full team top to bottom, not be so top heavy. And uh yeah, the 49ers, they've they've got it made right now. I I threw this out last episode and I'll throw it out there again. If Purdy continues to play really well like this. Um, I mean, what do you do with Trey Lance? Do you maybe try to trade him and oh, get yeah. some more draft capital and even stack even more onto that team? I mean, I would really be thinking about that because if you're able to make a really deep run or even win the Super Bowl, I mean, I think you got to stick with Purdy and then you could flip Lance for maybe a first round or at least a second and third because, you know, there's always teams out there that really want a good young quarterback. Uh, so very interesting. Um, the sigh, what, what they're gonna do. The sigh of relief that you heard <laughs> in the San Francisco area <laughs> the second that Trey Lance went down and what what he didn't he break his ankle or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sigh of relief that you heard and felt uh throughout the league, and especially for the 49ers rather, uh, that's the reason alone that you you move on from Lance. The 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 yeah. fact that the, we all so we talked about it in the moment. Yeah. You know, it was like Jimmy G, God, you need Jimmy G back. Like this is the like why would you why did they stepped away from him to begin with was a head scratcher other than to justify the move to get Trey Lance to begin with, right? Right. Because they, they, what they had the season before, they were rolling. They were good. It wasn't broke. Why were they even trying to mess with it? Why were they even trying to fix it other than to justify a decision, an investment made in Trey Lance? So I think you definitely see who, if anybody will take him, you move on from him, you go forward with Brock Purdy. Like I, you know, I, I was saying, you know, uh, a couple weeks back with uh, the whole Mayfield, Baker Mayfield being available, being surprised that they didn't make a move for him. Um, now I understand, you know, because uh, you know that they've been conscious of, of of what Brock Purdy can do as far as the practice squad's concerned. You know that they have had their eye on him. You know Kyle's probably had a, a plan for Brock Purdy that he wasn't even, even privy to until the Trey Lance injury happened. Right. Right. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> Trey Lance did a lot of positive things for the 49ers <laughs> yeah. by getting injured. I hate to say it. I feel for the guy, but the best thing that happened was that ankle going, uh, and, and, and that doesn't help Trey Lance out uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, as far as from my perspective, y- you move on. And, yeah. and you move on quickly and with confidence because unless unless Brock Purdy just completely shits the bed in the next you know handful of games here, right? Uh, uh, or God forbid gets injured, I, I think the 49ers are looking really good. Um, and uh, it, it's it's that uh, this goes back to what we were talking about with you know organizing a team and everything. I mean, what do you think? I mean, which is like why draft a quarterback in the first round ever? Right. Right. You know, I've I've always been annoyed at that. Like, like because it's, for me, it so seldomly works out. And what I mean by that is teams that draft a quarterback in the first round with the intent of playing of starting him. I, I, yeah, I think like that right that's, away. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm not talking about a Patrick Mahomes sitting underneath an Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when, when a team, an RG3 or whatever, like, like that's the worst possible thing that you can do to a, to, to a quarterback uh, is, is just start them right away, throw them to the wolves. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it stifles their development. It, it just makes them, especially because teams that typically traditionally do this have a terrible offensive line and they think that the yes. quarterback's going to be the magic right. ticket. Right. That's not the case, you know, and then so that person just ends up running for their lives literally every Sunday and can ever can never further develop, can never develop their game, never establish any confidence. If anything, uh, their confidence is shot. And then once their confidence is shot, they're shot. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I I just don't see much of a of a reason, you know, especially with little elements or little in and, 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 and most of the great quarterbacks that we have through the league, like they weren't even necessarily like you know, uh, uh, pay, playing at Ohio State or, you know, like come, being drafted sure, out of the big right. college. It was t- typically out of some obscure college, you know, uh, uh, or, or at least not one of the mainstream uh, SECs or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, I, I just don't see much uh, reason, much value, especially, you know, with a, with a Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant here, Brock Purdy, like much value in, in drafting a, a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, it seems like those really high draft picks. I mean, there are some generational talents that you've got to plunge for. You know, like a Peyton Manning, for example. Absolutely. They started him right away. But even in his rookie year, you know, he was kind of mediocre. But, you know, those talents only come along so often. And some of the best quarterbacks we've seen, like you said, you know, like a Kurt Warner was came out of nowhere. He was bagging groceries. Right. And, uh, you know, there's an injury, so he came out, and, and he was a hell of a player. You know, Tom Brady famously was drafted, what, in like the sixth round? Yeah. Um, so you can absolutely have success with the later picks when you've got the surrounding talent. And, and I think the that's time the key. to develop. And the, and the coach as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the time to develop. You know, you, you put a good defense out there, you're going to be in most games, and – if you got someone that's not turning it over, then you're going to be able to win a lot of games. And as they they continue to grow, then that player just that quarterback just gets better and better. And you've got something there for that you can really have for a long time. Absolutely. Whereas you just trying to get these high draft picks, like you said, throw them out there, throw them to the wolves. If they don't take off right away, they're going to end up getting injured, or their whole psyche is going to be destroyed. Their mechanics are going to be destroyed, and you just got a mess. And we've seen this play out over and over and over again with all these different teams. So, I don't know. Maybe some organizations they they're just not patient enough. 
Um, but I think the formula Frisco's got going right now should probably be looked at by a lot more squads and, and probably followed. Um, because, you know, the old saying, defense win championships. And if you're paying your quarterback $50 million, you know, unless you got yourself a generational talent like a Patrick Mahomes or something, um, you're going to be lacking in a lot of positions. And even with Mahomes, you know, we talked about it last episode, this defense is really lacking. And unless he has a monumental effort there, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to actually win a Super Bowl. And that should be the goal. Um, but at the same time, they want to put butts in seats and make money. And then end of the day, it's a business. Um, but it seems like to, to really be a, a long-term competitive team, you know, you, you've got to, obviously you need a quarterback, but that maybe isn't quite as important as what they make it out to seem. If you've got an O-line and a defense, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be really good. Oh yeah. I mean, th- that to me is the, the key to success for sure. Um, looking across the aisle, the Thursday night game, um, Geno Smith, uh, you know, obviously having a fantastic year, uh, though he, he did look flat to me. Um, w- would you say that maybe perchance uh, uh, old Geno Smith has uh, plateaued? Uh, it's looked like that the last couple weeks. I mean, with the 49ers, you know, they made Tom Brady look like a bum out there. But yeah. <laughs> to, to Brady's detriment, I guess, he's kind of looked like a bum all year. Uh, <laughs> he, had, he had an excellent year last year, but this year so far... Not so much, and uh, his arm was was looking like he just got dead arm. Um, so not, I, I'm not really surprised by this result at all. I kind of expected a, the 49ers to really have their way with them. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, he, he's not producing the same as he was the, the first half, first two thirds of the season. Um, I, I would expect him to probably bounce back a little bit, but you know, it was kind of a shock in the first place that he was playing so well oh, because. Yeah. You know, he's he's Geno Smith. He's had a history in this league of of just being kind of a mediocre quarterback at best. So we were all kind of surprised that he was playing so well. Um, but I'm gonna chalk this one up to the bad defense or the the really good defense that he played. Um, but yeah, going back to back at home. I mean, they played what the Panthers last week and they they lost to them at home. Right. So that that's not good. You know, I think Geno, yeah, he might be coming back to earth a little bit. So we'll see how they finish it out. Um, but it looks like Seattle was turning back into kind of what we thought they were going to be, which was going to be kind of a not very good team. Um, so maybe they're kind of on the path of like the New York Giants, where the Giants stormed yeah, out to out, a great right. record, and now the Giants are like barely above 500. Right. And now the Seattle is at 500. So, you know, it's a long season, and there's there's peaks and valleys, and sometimes we get too hyped too early on some of these teams, but Gino was having a hell of a year. We'll see how he finishes it, but yeah, it definitely came back to earth these last couple of weeks. Well, seven and seven, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, did you see uh, by chance, uh, they flashed on the screen last night, uh, pro football focus, uh, has a list of teams, uh, with the best chance to win the Super Bowl, uh, They had, uh, the Eagles, bills and chiefs all tied at 18% Cowboys at 9% bagel bangles at eight and uh, also the uh, 49ers at 8%. Uh, what, what do you think about that list? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Um, the I, percentage I, I is funny. Of, yeah, I don't know how, they, was where how I was exactly they, they come across with 18%. Why right. not 17? Why not 19? Right. Where do they come at 18? 
Um, I mean, I I'm would sure there's I'm sure there's the, some math there in there somewhere. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I would probably put the Eagles and even the Bills percentage wise. You know, well, maybe not the Bills even. My point um, is, is I wouldn't put the 49ers at eight percent. I would put them higher. Yeah, I, I agree. And with, I would drop with most the of them, yeah. Cowboys down, and I wouldn't know that. I don't know that I'd have the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs on that same level at 18. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I think I'd actually drop the, the Chiefs a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I would have the Eagles and Bills probably even, probably closer to like 30%. And then the Chiefs probably uh, maybe 20%. Uh, and then uh, Bengals, I, I think I should have them pretty close to wherever the Chiefs are. And... Um, 49. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they do for the percentages, but I to me Eagles and Bills are the favorites. You know, they'll probably my pick would be that they would face each other, so they got a 50-50 shot there. So their percentage has got to be much higher. Uh but you know, the Chiefs and the Bengals they they got a shot and then the the Cowboys and the 49ers they got a shot, but Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I, I don't know how the statisticians yeah, actually exactly. come up with those numbers. <laughs> well, and I think that there's obviously some hesitation behind a uh, Brock Purdy uh, as far right. as the 49ers are concerned, and 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 so I, I'm I'm sure that will shift. But that said, again, uh, you know, I, I really when it comes down to the NFC, I'm I'm still my eyes are locked on the Eagles and 49ers because you just have the wild card with Dak Prescott in, in, in Dallas. He's always good for two interceptions. He's always good for that bonehead right. move. Um, and uh, you know, so so that that obviously makes me a little hesitant to to to, to favor them, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, of course, who knows how they come when they come up with these percentages? Yeah, I'm sure there's some math nerd out there like, oh, this is exactly how they do it. They take this percentage and they divide it by that plus this, multiply it by that, follow the decimal point, and that's where you come up with 18. <laughs> percent Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Speaking of the Eagles, uh, uh, there were some uh, Eagles players, you know, trying to spread a little holiday cheer. They had Lane Johnson, uh, J uh, Jason Kelsey, and uh, Jordan Maylotta, who, uh, uh, with some help of uh, some teammates, have produced a uh, Christmas album, a Philly special Christmas. Uh, you know, yes, that's that's the uh, that's the album title, and it is an ode to the former QB Nick Foles and the trick play that helped win the Eagles their uh, Super Bowl 2017 uh, championship. Uh, the guys in green sing "White Christmas, Blue Christmas, Silent Night." And the Eagles radio announcer Merrill Reese narrates the night before Christmas. The proceeds from this album, proceeds from this album, will be donated to the Children's Crisis Treatment Center in Philadelphia. And uh, more than a hundred thousand dollars have been raised so far. What do you What do you think of, of uh, uh, the guys doing this? I mean, I think it's kind of a fun, fun little thing they got going on. Um, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with uh, uh, some some football players trying to trying to cut a little holiday uh, album for, for charity, right? Yeah, I think it's great. Spread a little Christmas cheer. <laughs> and Plus, it's for a good cause. Yeah, it's just some guys on a great team having some fun. Uh, the Philly special, that's funny. The Philly special, uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I like it because it's it's pretty much innocent and wholesome. Like, th there's no, like, agendas behind it. You know, they're right. not trying to push... I don't know if we can actually play a lot of this from a copyright standpoint, but yeah, they're, they're, they're big. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And yeah, the, Christmas is a it's a great holiday. You yeah. know, it's my favorite personally. And it's just nothing but joy and good cheer and good vibes and spread that around. And I I, I think that's great. 
the city of brotherly love, and then they don't seem like they show it too often, but <laughs> they're yeah, showing the it right here. The so Philly that's special good. Christmas. If you don't like Christmas, you're a communist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great to see those guys doing that. Um, uh, real quick, wanted to do an update. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, the unfortunate, uh, untimely passing of uh, Grant Wall, a U.S. soccer writer. Uh, according to his uh, wife, um, the uh, the cause of death was an aortic aneurysm that uh, ruptured. Um, and uh, in her quote, she did say his death was unrelated to COVID. His death was unrelated to vaccination status. There was nothing nefarious about his death. So obviously, as we discussed last episode, you know, all of the different, uh, you know, possibilities and reasons that people were uh, uh, thinking of uh, in regards to his his death, uh, his conspiracy theories and whatnot. Um, you know, she, she obviously is d- definitely sensitive to those, which actually probably ironically adds to the conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> <laughs> right on time. The lady of the Biden transition COVID team. Yeah, that's something she would comes say, out, right? <laughs> And exactly. She comes out and she wants to make sure you all know and all are aware that the COVID and the shot had nothing to do with it. Because if you've been paying attention lately, you know that they are in COVID damage control. All the information that's been coming out about it, about basically everything they told you about it was either wrong or was a blatant lie. Uh, it's been really quiet about that in the old mainstream news and the mainstream press. So uh, I, I went to the trouble of looking up an aortic aneurysm just to get a, a few just basic information on it. And uh, just so you're aware that this affects only about 1% of men uh, aged 55 to 64. Interesting. Um, so how old was this guy? 48. 48 49. 48. So, you know, not even 50 yet. So he, he would be well below that 1% that this would even happen to. Um, but, you know, not impossible, obviously. And uh, what are the risk factors of an aortic aneurysm? Well, if you smoke, if you're over 65, and I love how they word this, if you were assigned male at birth, so basically if you're a man, you smoke, you're old, you, you got high blood pressure, you know, you're, you're at risk for that. Did it really look like this guy checked any of those boxes? He was younger. Right. Um, he, he was a man. He did check that box. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know about the high blood pressure. It didn't really look like it. He's no, a pretty he didn't skinny look like, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who knows if he smoked or not? I kind of doubt it based on what his politics look like they would they would lean. Seems pretty rare that leftists ever smoke cigarettes for whatever reason. Do smoke weed, though. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's true. Um, so what causes an aortic aneurysm? Uh, there's, there's a few causes. One is inflammation of the arteries. Uh, one would be, uh, inherited conditions, um, injury to the aorta, so like any kind of physical trauma, uh-huh. you know, infections, uh, such as syphilis. Uh, he, he did have some infections. I don't think any of them was syphilis, but he was fighting some infections. So it looks like, you know, you throw in the infection and then you start throwing in some inflammation and that could kind of result in in what happened to him. And let me throw in this as well. Uh, I also went to the trouble of looking up uh, the famous side effect of these vaccines with younger men in particular, myocarditis. Uh, myocarditis that's affected several tens of thousands of, of people that we know of. And that's not even the people that aren't even uh, reporting it or that they're just not reporting or keeping it quiet. So myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle. 
Yeah. That's the definition of it. Now, you can kind of put two and two together that it looks like this could be, you know, a factor. I'm not saying it is the sole reason, but for them to come out and say, COVID had nothing to do with it, vaccine yeah. had nothing to do with it. Stress it, right? Uh, yeah. It's, he uh, doth protest Yeah, too it seems much. a little fishy when the guy dies of things that are literally reported as side effects, inflammation of the heart muscle uh, with some I infections just, going I on. I also just don't... Appro- uh, I don't like the wife, the grieving wife, right? Like... She has to issue a statement about it. Out the, exactly. Yeah. Like, so quickly. Like, again, like, uh, if you read her Twitter feed, even post-death, like, it was just all very... I mean, I you know, I feel for her to each her own, but it was just also it was just also vanilla. It was just also matter of fact, like oh, I appreciate yeah. the kind words that blah 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 saying. And again, you know, I'm I'm not going to be you know questioning a, a grieving person, but nonetheless, it's like you you don't owe people an explanation of the death right. of death, especially you don't owe them. It, it in this way, if it like like to be like no 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 it wasn't vaccine it wasn't the vaccine I know no I know right. what you guys are thinking and it wasn't that and and it's just like dude like okay either that's because of the pressure that you 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 feel sitting on you know any Biden administration vaccine panel or whatever, whatever she was right. doing uh, and all her involvement because she's definitely deeply involved. Um, oh, yeah. You know so so her her it's almost like her allegiance is to that over her family, you know, her, yeah. her, her, her dead husband. Um, and, and so she like, almost like she knows that her dead husband is contributing to this narrative of, yeah. of a problem of, of vaccine side effects. And she wants to jump on that right away and take care of that opposed to just prior prioritizing grief. I don't yeah. know. And again, that might be harsh, but hey, that's how I see it. And and yeah. so that that again, you know, is 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 an eyebrow raiser to 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 me. Yeah, it's like I mean, I couldn't imagine being in that kind of situation like, well, let me jump on Twitter and make sure I let everybody know. It's like screw the people, I'm dealing with, you know, exactly. something have your conspiracy frankly, theories. Yeah. I I can like, give a shit. I, you this, know, I, this I, should I've, be the 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 person that performs the autopsy, the doctor, like somebody else should be making that statement. Absolutely, not, not the wife. I yeah. I completely and, agree, and and that's what was so odd about that. And, yeah. and I understand the pressure that uh, um, she or or whoever represents her may have been feeling uh, because of the fact that this situation was so unique, like we talked about in the previous show. Right. I mean, you 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 had his brother uh, actively on Twitter, you know, uh, uh, thinking out loud that that his his brother had been murdered because of of his advocacy for the LGBT LGBTQ plus uh, community. In which his his brother is gay, and so uh, he put that out there. But then, of course, everybody else is going. God, forty eight year old guy. We're hearing it was a heart attack. The reason why he died, you know, uh, yep. his wife sits on the Biden administration vaccination <laughs> board or a uh, COVID nineteen board, you know, uh, and and she's out there, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, pushing the 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 the, the latest. Uh, you know, COVID, uh, oh, I can't think of it now. It's the pro, pro vac. I can't think of it anyway. Um, point is, is that of course people come to these conclusions that it's like, Hey, uh, uh, this isn't, uh, all above board. We're, we're, uh, we're, there, there's something, there's, there's more to this story than we're, than, right. than they're letting us know. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and like uh, some of the things we mentioned last episode, where there's it's not just this guy, you know. There there is a massive amount of deaths in younger people across the board with all kinds of strange causes or unknown causes or sudden causes. You know, there's things going on that uh, people that really do the research that check the insurance numbers because insurance companies are paying out money to these people that have policies. Like there, it can be tracked and it can be traced if you really know where to look. And they're they're talking about it, but their their voice isn't being amplified in the the normal area where you would hear things. So eventually, it's going to come out. I mean, it, it usually always does. It just takes a while, and little by little, it's it's trickling out. And you know, maybe we'll look back on some of these people that died and say, "Oh yeah, well, we know what that was now." <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that the truth though? Like, like it's. <sighs> That's how it is. I mean, that's how this whole thing has been, where it's like, oh, God, I mean, we know the truth about masks. Yeah. We know the truth about, you know, right. uh, social distancing. We know the truth about, like, that's all it is, is is, is uh, uh, hindsight. Uh, you know, Pax Levit is what I was trying to think of, by the way. She's she's a big pusher. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, it was, it was pretty much right away. There was, there was some of these strange deaths that happened, but somehow they always had an excuse. Like, uh, who was the, one of the first major ones to go it was hank aaron but everyone's like well hank aaron's already old yeah so he took the jab and like two weeks later he was dead but uh, you know he was already old vaccine probably had nothing to do with it well yeah probably at the time yeah he's just old but i don't know maybe it did would he still have died if he didn't take it and then there was i mean there's so many different people there was news reporters there was uh no who was that old rapper um, uh, I know who you're talking DMX, about. Yeah. DMX, yeah. yeah. There's so many people that died, but, you know, a lot of them people weren't the most healthy people. So it but just seems like... This is what's crazy to me, too, is that, like, hell, people will stomp out that conversation where it's like, oh, God, is it because he got the vaccine or whatever? But those same people will be completely open to the possibility that daylight savings is causing people to die on mass because they have to get <laughs> up or go to bed or an hour earlier, right? They totally right. do that. They're like, oh, we got to change this because people are dying of heart attacks or having uh, uh, strokes at a higher percentage rate, which that may actually be a contributing factor. I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other, but what I'm saying is they're completely open to, to somebody having to get up an hour early or losing an hour of sleep. They're, yeah. they're open to that being a possibility. But as far as the vaccine, no, squash that. That goes against my religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that cuts to the heart of it. It's well, it's, yeah. it's it's religion. <laughs> it's, it's cult. <laughs> That is definitely true. Um, let's talk about uh, the NBA. They have uh, uh, they've they've going to rebrand the uh, the the MVP award. Uh, the the NBA um, uh, has uh, renamed the MVP award the Michael Jordan Trophy. Jordan is a five time MVP. In case you just didn't know that, uh, and has uh, five trophies uh, named for Maurice uh, Podoloff. Pot, pot, is that how you say that? I don't even know. I've never even, even known. Know. I, I never, I've never heard heard even known before, that it actually had a, a player's <laughs> name uh, listed, you know, uh, linked to it. Um, so uh, th- that was just completely complete news to me. Um, but uh, they have renamed it. Like I said, the Jordan Trophy will stand twenty three point six inches tall and weigh twenty three point six pounds. It's a nod to his jersey number and the six NBA titles with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but it is not a depiction of Jordan. The design symbolizes someone reaching 
for excellence. Apparently, Jordan didn't want it to. to they didn't. He didn't want the trophy. To didn't look want like his him. likeness. Yeah. What do you, do you think of this? What do you think of this rebranding uh, and and NBA um, doing doing this here and now? I guess it makes sense considering that the previous trophy was named after some guy that none of us ever even heard of, and I can't even pronounce the name correctly. Yeah, they they did a bunch of awards. So that Podlov guy or whatever his Podlov, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so now his award is the regular season award. So I th I, th I actually think it's kind of cool they're doing this because it is a long season. It seems like the regular season should mean something. So whoever has the best record is actually going to win. Like you know, they got the best record. Right. Uh, it's not as meaningful as a championship, but yeah, at least you get something out of it. I think that might give some more setup to some of these teams to to play their guys and stop doing this, uh, you know, resting your starters like yeah. every fifth game, it seems like. Yeah, wasn't they're resting the, all like these the guys. doing that? Uh, you had like eight guys resting or something? No, the, they all do it. <laughs> the Lakers do it. Now, do it yeah. The Nets do it. The Warriors do it. Like the Warriors were in like a five-game losing streak and they sat all their starters and like lost another game. It's just it's just weird. So, yeah, they well, rebranded that. they're just followers because what's his name for, from Toronto that went to the Clippers? Like he's a Leonard, yeah. Leonard. Kyle, yeah. Kyle Leonard started all right. that. Crap. management <laughs> yeah no, they have, they, they've been rebranding uh they've rebranded several trophies right yeah like the jerry so, west award is being introduced and will yeah. be given to the nba clutch player of the year right also the Which, defense player of the year will now receive the hakeem elijah trophy the rookie yep. of the year will receive the wilt chamberlain trophy the six man of the year will now receive the john ha havlicek uh, uh, trophy and the NBA's mm -hmm. most improved player will receive the George McCon trophy and and the largest woke joke better known as uh, the lying LeBron James award will be handed out to the most obvious self-centered stupid <laughs> narcissistic <laughs> son of a bitch on the day of the season <laughs> oh man uh, wouldn't that be great we that, got that it we got a LeBron <laughs> meme it's 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 just a statue uh, of that <laughs> uh, we got to make that as a meme and post put that one out there that's a good one <laughs> verbatim. That was, yeah, hit that nail on the head. That, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So I get but, it. The, uh, yeah, the NBA is trying I to like modernize it. here. I, I yeah. understand this. Oh, I, I do, I do like it. Uh, you know, Jordan, the ultimate MVP. You know, the best player that ever played. Uh, so I, I like it. But the <laughs> the designs of the the trophies themselves yeah, are pretty they're bad. Uh, they're pretty atrocious. It, it looks like uh, avant garde art. <laughs> Oh man, it's pretty weird. Um, but yeah, the rebranding was cool. Um, I I don't I don't know if they mentioned or I didn't see anything with uh, actually I think they did it last year or the year before the uh, All Star MVP is the Kobe Bryant Award, hmm. and then the uh, NBA not the finals but the uh, the conference champion uh, MVP is now the Magic Johnson Award. So they're they're basically getting guys in like every everything. There's gonna be an award for everything. Well, yeah, exactly. Series, then, then, so. it, then it's just everybody gets a participation award <laughs> at the end of the regular season, right? Like, so <laughs> I I hope they don't continue to like just keep adding awards and it just gets kind of ridiculous because it gets to a point where they start to lose their meaning. But there's the rebranding as far as the names go to to really have a guy that is is fitting of that award you know like i said jordan the ultimate mvp olajuwon i think he won like three or four defensive players of the year the ultimate defensive player and, and just go through the list you know jerry west ultimate clutch player uh I, i'm kind of curious how they're actually going to determine the clutch player like what what they're it's just going to be a popular trophy but probably or probably or, or clicks but 
you know, on a, a some some last you know last second shot or something like that. I don't yeah. know. There won't be much depth to it. There very rarely is, especially with the NBA. Yeah. That's for that's for sure. Yeah, uh, just going to be a popularity contest. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's you know a good thing to modernize, especially when certain trophies are named after individuals that we we we, we don't even yeah, we've never watch, even heard of. Watch the NBA for twenty years, and you're like, who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, let's move on. Uh, the Raiders will no longer be able to take advantage of an NFL loophole. We're going to talk about that, but first. We would like to invite you to join our Agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Yes, for the past two weeks, the Raiders have been taking advantage of what appeared to be a loophole in the NFL rulebook but they won't be able to do that anymore because the league has officially shut things down. Back in week 13, the Raiders started using a holder for their kickoffs, which was kind of odd because teams will usually only use a holder when the ball's when the ball uh, uh, off the tee when there's bad weather. And the Las Vegas Raiders, as you know, um, while well, they play indoors in their past two games have been played indoors. So bad weather is definitely not an issue. Uh, following the team's 27-20 win over the Chargers in LA, SoFi Stadium, uh, in week 13, uh, coach Josh McDaniels revealed why the Laker, Lake Raiders excuse me, had decided to use a holder on kickoffs. They were hoping to gain more height from each kick by having the holder put the ball on top of the tee by adding height to the kicks. McDaniels was hoping it would make things easier for their coverage team to get downfield and make the play. Um, so pretty much the short of this uh, was that the tee itself that the ball typically traditionally uh, sits in, there's a divot. It's a one inch high tee and there's a divot, but the Raiders were putting the ball up on the side of where the divot, where the highest point of the tee, right? And giving it ultimately a one and a half inch height advantage as far as the league was concerned. So the league stepped in and they said, no, 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 you can't do this anymore. Even though Josh McDaniels did reach out to the league and ask if this was okay. And they initially said, yes, no, that's fine. You can totally do that. <laughs> and so huh. um, they, they, they kind of turned, uh, uh, turned around, changed their, changed their tone on this. Um, and and, and uh, again, it was uh, the, 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 you can still have a player hold the ball. And, and of course, you can still do that when weather is bad. Uh, but it, the ball has to remain within the divot of the tee. It cannot be placed on the side of the tee. Uh, and that apparently was the, uh, the big, the big no, no now. Um, so, uh, w what do you think of this? Is this, uh, the NFL making <laughs> much ado about nothing? Was this just kind of a loophole that, that has been exposed and, uh, is, is there even really much of a advantage here? Uh, no, I think it actually there is for sure an advantage because if you can get your kicker to put more air under the ball, you know, even if it's just a half second, these guys can cover, you know, right. five, 10 yards in half a second. And if you can have your kicker, you know, kick it to the 
in front of the goal line, like in between the 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 one and the ten, somewhere in there. Uh, the guy's got to kind of return it, and your coverage team's got that much more time to get there, and you can consistently tackle them well before the, the 20. So that puts you at a huge advantage as opposed to starting at, what, the 25 by default on any touchback. So I think it was actually kind of a little clever thing that they did. I don't know why he spilled the beans like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess maybe he already asked the office. It, it was already known anyway. Yeah. Um. But he yeah, was talking pretty, about I'll, I'll it. give him a, yeah he was talking about it on pro football talk as well that he did reach out to the league and he initially had uh permission to do so and then he was saying to your point uh, uh josh mcdaniels a quote from him as long as you don't kick it into the end zone extra hang time put it at the goal line we're further downfield it gives the coverage team a better opportunity to make tackles inside the 25 yard line yeah and, and absolutely that's exactly it and that's that's I mean even without them holding it on the tee I I kind of don't know why all these kickers just kick it out of the end zone all the time I would be having my guys uh, you know practice as much as possible of trying to kick that thing to the goal line if not slightly before because if you can't put more air under it you know they've got the uh, they don't kick away as far as they used to they're much closer so your your defense is closer so you could get those guys down before the twenty five I think pretty consistently. Uh, so if they were able to figure that one out where you can put more air under it, uh, we'll see if other other teams I, I know like Bilicek, he was on this a while ago. He never thought of the whole, you know, putting it on the T thing. But his kickers, I don't think they kick it out of bounds as or you know, through the uh, end zone as often for the touchback. He wants his defense to try and get him down before the twenty five. I think it's a smart strategy. But uh, I'll give him points for creativity on that one. I, I never thought that someone would would try that. Yeah, apparently. Um, but the, I'm glad the league. I'm glad the league figured that one out quickly and 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 changed course. Yeah, because apparently the rule book says that the ball can be placed on the tee in any fashion. You know, uh, which is why the Raiders thought that they were within the rules. Yeah, like you can lean it against the tee. You can even like, for example, I, I think in a Browns game. Um, excuse me, uh, I think it was the Jets, uh, one of the kickers for onside kick attempt, uh, placed it horizontal on the tee. Right. Uh, you can do that. Um, but what what I guess they are saying you can't do is have a holder hold the ball on the highest part of the tee right. while kicking it. It has to still remain in the divot. So you just can't have someone holding it. I wonder if you get one of those balance guys that like balances rocks in the rivers, <laughs> like balance the football on the tee where it's not in the divot, but you can balance it on there. Stack stack multiple tees on top of themselves. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Got four tees and oh, it's still in the divot. What are still you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I mean, it's just like golf. You got the ball laying in the grass. You can't right. really get under it and get as much air on it as as far as driving it goes. Uh, but if you put it up on a tee, you know, you can get get nice air under it when you're driving it. So it makes total sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, NFL, excuse me, the NHL, the National Hockey League. Um, they hosted and sponsored, rather, they sponsored, I should say. They did not host it, but they sponsored a trans uh, uh, hockey tournament. Um, and a transgender man, better known as a woman, suffered a concussion during the NHL-sponsored all-trans draft tournament in Wisconsin, video showed a biological male who identifies as a woman push a biological female who identified as a man, sending her headfirst into the boards. Uh, the contact doesn't look particularly serious when you watch it on video. <laughs> it may even have been accidental. 
but uh, there was a major size imbalance between the two players. Uh, the injury came after the NHL posted a tweet in support of transgender people and their sponsorship of the Team Trans Draft Tournament, which was the first tournament featuring only transgender and non-binary players. Uh, trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary identity is real, the league wrote in their tweet. Curiously, however, the NHL did not share the outcome of the tournament, and neither did media outlets. <clears throat> the obvious reason for the lack of coverage regarding how the tournament played out was due to the clear physical advantage the biological men had over <laughs> the biological women. And surprise, we, surprise. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I did watch this video, by the way, and... uh you know, it's it's. I, I don't want to say that I found it funny in the sense that uh, somebody got injured and concussed. But again, it's hockey. What do you expect? But uh, this uh, this man, woman, woman, man. Uh, uh, she came out. He came. She came out. Uh, he came out. <laughs> she was a female. The biological <laughs> female. <laughs> Hold on. Get out your notepads, people. <laughs> Let's get this thing straight. The biological female comes out of the penalty box. And it's like it just gets just gets bumped into by uh, this individual skating across the ice and she literally hits the ice and goes you know bumping into the boards. It did, it actually looked like like nobody would get hurt from that, um, but uh, uh, <laughs> like the story goes, it was a it was a concussion. I mean, this to me is just like yeah, uh, right. You know what else did you expect? Um, of course, when you're going to put women and men biologically uh, uh biological men biological women on the ice at the same time physics this thing called physics if we're all going to believe the science comes into play uh strength of uh the male athletes the uh the the biological male athletes you know uh comes into play and uh you're going to always have results like this uh the pageantry the cosplay to me is so ridiculous and over the top. I mean, it's always so funny to me, like how simplistic this is, this whole like trans movement is in, in regards to whenever you have a, a biological female, um, you know, uh, 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 presenting themselves as a man. It's always like the most cliche version. It's like, you know, it's a, got their <laughs> pill induced beard, you know what I mean? They've got like the ring, the the earring on their, you know, their 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 spiked hair, you know, and their their wife beater shirt with their, you know, their chest lopped off, and and you know the ripped jeans and a, maybe a hay straw sticking out of their mouth or a cigarette. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like it's the most cliche version. And then of course, like when you have the man. Uh, biological man presenting themselves as a woman. It's like ever all the makeup under the yeah. sun, the hairs <laughs> did. It's long. It's highlighted. You know uh, the jewelry uh, all over the place. Like if you went to a woman and you were like, "You're required to look like this," they would be like, "That's sexist and ridiculous." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and same vice versa for them. It's so the, the the cosplay is always to the most like extreme and clear cliche version of uh, uh of what it is is the opposite sex's interpretation of what it means to be 
a man or a woman from a pageantry standpoint, from a cosplay standpoint, right? It's like, you know, <laughs> the first thing the female does when they're transitioning to a man is, you know, and they're taking the, they get the little peach fuzz going and say, go buy themselves a shaving kit, you know, with the brush, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to lather right. up the, men yeah, don't the brush use that and the shit. blade. <laughs> We right. don't use it. Yeah, the straight blade. We don't use that shit. That's a pain <laughs> in the ass. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm using my electric razor, but I haven't. I don't haven't literally shaved with a razor in years. Just you know, because it's like that's the most inconvenient thing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, it's just again, it's just it just that to me is is just uh, part of the pageantry, part of the you know the the whole aspect of that. You know, there's no, there's, there's, there's no gray or there's not even gray. There's no diversity in the sense of, of like now if what, what, if you have a kid, you know, and it's like, what happened to tomboys? What happened to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, feminine boys, you know, like what happened to that? Like you can't right. act that way anymore. It's like, I have a daughter and she loves to play with cars and yeah. she loves to throw a ball oh, around. That's and a she boy. Likes to yeah. Oh, exactly. She wants to the be funny, a boy. That's the funny boy. thing is, is she's four <laughs> years old. And if I said to her, it's like, oh, you're, you're, a you, you're doing all these things. You're playing with a boy or you're playing with with balls you're playing with a car you know like you're a boy she's like no i'm a girl you know that would be her response right like but but like with the way that we are now so simplistically minded it's like oh you, like there's no uh, you, ironically the left has has gone extremely sexist has gone extremely you know uh uh whatever the term would be like like it's it's just uh it's the way that you're presented has to be in this cliche box way um when you're trans you know uh like uh, right, right. It's, it's like i mean me sitting here you know in my overweight male you know presentation it's just like why can't i just be like i'm a woman People be like, "That's ridiculous! You're not a woman." Yeah, and it's like, why? I you identify don't have any makeup as a woman. And hair and exactly. Your <laughs> nails your ain't did. How come your nails ain't did? You ain't a woman. You know. And then exactly, that's my point. But anyways, well, let's <laughs> right. bringing it back to the ice here. Bringing it back to the NHL. Um, you know, especially with them uh, sending out what they did. Is this? Uh, is this like? Uh, I don't know. Is is this? Is, is this right on? Are they, are they getting what they deserve here? I, you know, I don't really mean to put it that way, but it's like when you start throwing in with these causes that you you know physics biology can't back up. You know, when you're checking cash or when you're you're making payments or trying to cash checks, you know, and, and biology can't cash these checks, you know, uh, uh, you know, biological women will never be at the athletic level as, as a man. Um, you know, are you just uh, setting yourself up for, for these kind of this kind of failure? Because ultimately this does this does, if anything, it does something negative to their cause. Right. Yeah, this is one of those. Uh, uh, it seems like these happen every day. It's one of those things where, like, you don't know where to just laugh your ass off or to like really get depressed and sad about where the hell are we in this reality? Probably a little because, bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. This to me, this is like this is the Special Olympics. Like, this is when you have you know mentally handicapped uh, people out there playing these sports, and at least they are actually mentally handicapped so you know it's not patronizing to have them go out there and and, and perform or whatever right. because you know that's how they were born and that's what it is and good for them this is like the mental mental <laughs> or health. like the the mental illness yeah, uh, mental, olympics yeah, over exactly. here this is mental illness i really just call it for what it is 
there's no such thing as men becoming women. Like you're a man, you just took a bunch of drugs, but you're still a man and you're changing your, your biology, not even your, your biology. You just, it's like, if you work out to the gym, like you're going to get more muscles, you take all these drugs and all these hormones, it's going to affect your, your body, but it doesn't change who you actually are. And these, these people that want us to play by their games and play by their rules and use all their terms and, oh, there's 8 million different genders. No, you guys are mentally ill. There's men and there's women and everything else is a mental illness. And I don't care what the hell you say. You're never going to convince me otherwise if you want to say, oh, biology has nothing to do with gender. Gender is strictly a mental construct. No, you are mentally ill and you have bought into all the propaganda and the lies because that is not reality. And when we see reality, you know, slap you in the face or knock you over on the ice and concuss you, uh, there's the difference right there. And we've seen it time and time again. Remember when they had the co-ed, um, uh, was it the, the Olympics, the, uh, the four by four, 100, or was it 200? Uh, either way, one of the track meets, they, they alternated men, women, men, women on some of the teams. Hmm. One of the teams decided to have their men do the first two laps and then the women to close it. And all the other teams had the men close and the, <laughs> the men were so far out in front in those first two laps. You're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to win easily. Right. And then the women had the last two laps and on that last lap, the the men, the kickers are for the 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 men, the closers. They just man, they they tracked them down so fast and passed them up, and they came in last place. It was like, oh my god, oh, this is ridiculous. And then another one where uh, I think it was Venus and Serena, like some of the best female tennis players of all time, right? right. Like, oh, they, they're so amazing. Right. Oh, they could beat men out there, and it was both of them against one guy and he was like the like 200 ranked tennis player out there and like they couldn't even counter his serve he's just serving it like right. 130 140 miles per hour they can't even like <laughs> repel it back to him yeah oh, man it, it's 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 <laughs> it's so funny uh but yeah, that's it's, it it's that's a sad on, it's a it sad state display. yeah it's a sad state that we got people that are actually wholeheartedly believing into this mental illness. These, these people, they need help. A lot of them were traumatized as, as youths, uh, youths in, in one fashion or another. And it's, it's sad that we're encouraging it. It's, uh, it's like, sometimes it reminds me of, um, Oh, uh, step brothers. Remember when the, the Catalina wine mixer yeah. and the, the dad is trying to give him a pep talk. And he's like, I remember I was pretending, pretending to be a dinosaur and, you know, I would go walk around all day long as a dinosaur, holding my hands, you know, like a T-Rex and rah, rah, rah. Right. And eventually my dad was like, it's time to get a fucking job. Yeah. You're 17 years old. He's like, you know. And you can't be a he's dinosaur. Like, I, yeah. You can't be a dinosaur your whole life. He's like, and, and I lost it. I can't do it anymore. It's like, you guys got to grow up at, at some point. You had some weird fantasy that, I don't, I don't the grass is greener if I could just change my 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 outlook society will accept me or whatever because you've got some mental illness going on and it's just encouraging and it's the whole irony of it all in regards to that is that it's like you know it's oh, oh the way that they they flip-flop the messaging or they flip-flop the the verbiage where it's like you know being comfortable being yourself and it's like no 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 the actual being comfortable being yourself is if you 
were okay with who you were. Yeah, maybe you were female and you liked masculine things. That's perfectly fine. Maybe you were male and you liked feminine things. That's perfectly fine. Be confident and love you for who you are in those moments. Not like, oh, I'm not clicking. I'm not, I'm not uh, um, um, fitting in this cliche box. You know, I I don't like to get my nails done and my hair long and drink rosé in the afternoon or take tea, you know, like whatever like and go shopping, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so therefore, I'm not a woman, you know. Like, that's right. ridiculous. That with yeah. that, that's the message that we're sharing to 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 everyone. Where it's like, that is what the identity of of that gender is. No, no, the the, the gender, like everybody can. It's it's beautiful when everybody's different and something else. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. having a spectrum of 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 those uh, uh, in. And each gender, you know, is, is is a wonderful thing, you know, and 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 to just like take break things down to the, the to the smallest lowest common denominator as far as identity is concerned, and then it's like, well, you know, uh, you you like doing dude stuff, so we gotta uh, lop lop your chest <laughs> off, and uh, you know, you like doing uh, female stuff, so we gotta lop your penis off. Um, and, uh, you know, oh, by the way, we get rich doing it and yep. you got to take our drugs that we're going to send you and we yep. get rich doing it and yep. you're just a lab rat. We really don't care about you. We don't care about your health. We don't care about your mental health. We just want your money. Shut up. Take our stuff. We're selling you happiness, but there is no happiness at the end of this. There's only yep. misery because if anybody who wants to constantly change themselves in order to be happy, quote unquote, will never be happy. In regards to to buying something or acquiring something, you're never right. going to be happy. You're not going to be happy in the materialistic world. You're not going to be happy in the identity world. The only way that you can truly be happy is if you learn to accept yourself for who you are, the way yep. you were created. And uh, right. these people aren't doing that. No, and it's funny, and they, they want you to accept them when they literally don't even accept themselves. So they change themselves but if you don't accept their change, then you somehow are committing violence against them. And, and oh my gosh, there's so many deaths and suicides in this community because of all the hate that they receive. No, it's, it's, it's because these people have some mental illness, some mental problems. They can't accept themselves. They're not happy. And they find that no matter what change or things, lies they try to tell themselves, it doesn't help. So unfortunately, a lot of them end up offing themselves. So I think we, I mean, if we really want to fix it, they need, it needs to get nipped in the bud right away instead of encouraging it, letting it get so ridiculous to where we got co-ed hockey out there. It's not even co-ed hockey. It's trans hockey. Right. Exactly. Uh, Non-binary players. And so we have men and women and all together, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) I was unclear to me if like all the, all the transgender men and we're playing on one team and all the transgender right, women right. were playing on the other team. I wasn't quite sure on that, but then if that was the case, I thought like, again, how cliche because the transgender men were in all black <laughs> and all the transgender women were in pink. Yeah. <laughs> first, first hockey team, all female team obliterates the all men team because it's all men versus exactly. women. Exactly. <laughs> 57 to uh, zero. <laughs> All the men got concussed. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, women are truly superior. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, man, this it's gotten it's gotten way out of hand. It's oh, crazy. Man. And you know, if you want to be an adult and cross dress, what whatever, yeah, have do at it. it. But live your life, man. They but are going after the children with all this grooming, the and, and they want they're performing surgeries on these kids, and these people should be locked up bare minimum. Uh, I, th- I think actually worse should be done to them, but yeah, it, it's got to stop. It, this can't Absolutely. continue. You're not. It's not. It's, it's not like, productive hey, in society. I'm gonna take this five year old kid. I'm gonna take this six year old kid. I'm gonna go walk him to the tattoo parlor. You can get whatever you want on your body, buddy. People be like, "What the hell are you doing? You yeah. can't let a six year old get a tattoo." First off, legally you can't. Second off, you you couldn't do that. That that's gonna last forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, but you got no problems giving them, you know, uh, uh, hor- hormonal suppressants and uh, you know, uh, mutilating their body. That's fine. But don't let the damn kid get a tattoo. Anyway, let's move on to the final or for uh, Sunday, uh, NFL Sunday, well, week fifteen. Uh, uh, final pass on on the on the, those games that are happening uh, this Sunday. Is there anything that sticks out to you, Chris? That you you've got your eye on? I know myself. I mentioned this last week. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sunday night game between the uh, New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. Both of these teams, of course, are in the NFC East and have the same record of, I believe it's seven, five and one. So, uh, you know, obviously they're uh, looking to get into the playoffs. I'm surprised. I'm really rooting for the commanders here because uh, they seem like they were completely out of the picture at the beginning of this season. Uh, but uh, you got Heineke now, uh, uh, you know, a QB in this squad. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, they can pull out a win. It's, it's definitely possible the way that the New York Giants have been playing as of late. Uh, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about the, this game here? Yeah, that that should be a good one because the commanders have been kind of flying under the radar for a while, just getting a lot of wins. And, uh, you know, the Giants got out to the hot start. Everyone was on the Giants bandwagon, but they've really come back down to earth, similar to like Seattle. So if the commanders pull this one out and get to eight and five and, uh, you know, threatening for a playoff spot, I mean, that's got to be one of the, the best stories of the season. Yeah, I would like to think so. Uh, of course, the uh, another one that we have uh, our eyes on is the uh, AFC uh, division rivalry between the uh, Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, speaking of the AFC East, um, Dolphins uh, they're they're eight and five. Uh, the, I, I don't know, is, is Tua? I heard Tua should be playing that game. Um, yeah. and, and is this game in, in, uh, Miami? No, it's in Buffalo. It's Buffalo. Oh my goodness. Buffalo. And that's yeah. going to be cold and probably snowy. Yeah. Ooh, not looking good for Miami here. Um, what do you think? Uh, do, do they pull the upset or do the bills, uh, do, do, do they beat, uh, Miami? Yeah. I think the bills get revenge on this one after that, that close loss down in Miami. Um, I, I, I saw oh, a story a Saturday that- game actually. It's a Saturday game. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, I saw a story that the Dolphins had heaters at the Chargers game, and it was like 55 outside, and it's, and SoFi is somewhat of a dome. Uh, so they're going to go up to Buffalo, where it's going to be actually cold. And uh, I, I I don't I yeah I don't like their chances in this one. Tua has been off the last couple of weeks. You know it's going to take a, a monumental effort from him uh, to really turn it around to win this. So I expect the Bills to beat him pretty handily. 
the uh, Ravens and are going to take on the Browns Saturday as well. I only bring this up because, of course, it's a division uh, matchup uh, as far as the AFC North is concerned. But I have I have not seen anything of Deshaun Watson at yeah. all. Yeah, like me neither. The no NFL highlights. is avoiding him like crazy. They had to show that Joe Burrows highlight when they played Cincinnati, but that was the only thing they showed. That was yep. it. Like, you do not see him mentioned. You don't see him yep. anywhere. I just thought that that was uh, very interesting. Yeah, it, it makes that. sense. Uh, Detroit Lions taking on the New York Jets. Uh, I only bring this up in the sense that uh, this, because everybody's all high off the Lions. You know, some people are saying that they even have a shot at still making the playoffs. This, of course, would be a great canary in the coal mine for them uh, as far as whether or not they're, uh, they're, they're, they're legit as far as their, their comeback or, or their, their, uh, their momentum, at least, is concerned. I don't know. What do you think? They're on a two-game two win streak so far, uh, six and seven. Can they beat the, uh, the, the New York Jets, who uh, seem to be kind of uh, you know shaky right now, two-game losing streak on, on their end? Yeah, I think the Jets snapped the streak. I, I think that they yeah they lost a couple games, but they they played tough opponents. They played those opponents really tough. Uh, the the Lions they're 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 one of the best offensive teams in the league, but they're going up against a really good defense. And I think the Jets will be able to score some points on the Lions defense. So uh, I, I would pick the Jets, but I think it it should be a good tough fought match. I think it'll be pretty close. So yeah, good test to see kind of how legit are these teams. Can the Jets' offense score enough? And is the, uh, the Lions' offense really that good to where they can score and put up points against really good defenses? Titans are uh, heading to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Of course, both of these teams are 7-6. and six. The Chargers need this one uh, to stay relevant and within the uh, wild card hunt. Uh, do do the Chargers come out? Do they win this one? They they seem to have found some momentum. It was nice to see the Chargers look like uh, a, a a full healthy squad, even though they're not quite there uh, last week. So uh, do do can can they do some damage against Tennessee? Can they can they beat the Titans? Man, it's tough with the Chargers because it seems like no matter who they play, it's going to be close. Um, if they can stop the run, that's going to be the key. You know, if they can stop the run, they sh- they should be able to handle Tennessee. Tennessee, they had a, a good win streak going for a while, but they've dropped several games now, and uh, it's kind of a must. I I won't say must win, but it's pretty much a must win for both teams. I think here to uh, not drop down to five hundred and get a couple games above. So it should be a really good match. Uh, I, I guess I would lean more Chargers on this one, especially with the way they played last week. But I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. Yeah, I mean, Titans do have a game to drop as far as uh, still being at the top of their division. Um, but uh, I, I hear you. They, they, they both probably want to walk away with this one with a win. Uh, finally, let's just look at the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Old Tom Brady and uh, Joe Burrow. Of course, the uh, Bengals, as we mentioned, they are, they are rolling for sure. Uh, they are on a five-game win streak. Does that end in Tampa? I would be surprised if it does. Uh, the Bengals are playing really well, just as well as anyone in the league, and the Bucks are not. They, I mean, they're kind of floundering. Um, but again, you never really know. I mean, after a historically bad game that Brady played, you know, he might come out there and finally light one up. It seems like he's due for one. Uh, but the Bengals, they got a, a pretty tough D, and their offense is playing really well. So I, I would be... I would be very surprised. I wouldn't be shocked because it, you know it is it is Brady, but I would be very surprised if the Bucks 
pull this one out. So I would I would absolutely expect the Bengals to handle it. And finally, just because we're Rams fans, the uh, Rams are heading to Green Bay to take on discount double check Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we do have Baker Mayfield now. <laughs> so if anything, that's a, it's a reason to watch, right? Uh, uh, Mayfield yeah. uh, taking on uh, Rodgers. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? Uh, I think the Packers win because the Rams, for whatever, even when they had good teams, they never win in Green Bay. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but they just can't get a win there. So I think that continues. Um, but should be interesting, you know, with Mayfield, maybe they got a better shot. I would be curious to see if Aaron Donald is going to play. It doesn't look like he is. Um, I think he's probably, he could if he wanted to, but it seems like all those guys are basically sitting it out. Because if the Rams can get a little pressure on Rodgers, and uh, we all know that the, the the Packers run the ball pretty well. So if they can stuff the run, you know, it, they should make a game of it. But yeah, I, I, I would be shocked if the Rams go in there and, and get a win, even though the Packers aren't what the Packers have been also. Oh, shake and bake Mayfield. <laughs> shake and bake. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a little Mayfield magic. Uh, you know, I, I think the Rams, awesome. they can, they can pull it out. Why not? You know? Uh, uh, but, uh, then again, you know, to your point, uh, they do, they, they don't have a very good, uh, record up in green Bay. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be watching probably not many other people will, <laughs> but we'll be watching cause we're Rams fan. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us here for sideline the agenda. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. My name is Scott. That's Chris. This has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Into the game.